Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dori DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that were just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. And today we are bringing a group of women in to talk about an incredibly important subject that we have tried to raise awareness on here on Word of Mom Radio through the course of our 10 years on the air because the trafficking, the human trafficking that is going on is a global epidemic at this point. And so much needs to be known about what is happening and what we can do to safeguard our children and ourselves. As I said, we have a group of women here, the two lead women who have created a wonderful platform called Awake and Bold, which is a platform advocating for human rights through awareness, collaboration, and education, and their focus is on child trafficking. And that's Hara and Elena, who are both just passionate communicators who are doing what they can. And the wonderful women who we have here, we have Linda here, we have Bonnie and Sheila that are all part of this and getting this awareness out. So I want to start with Hara and just have you kind of take us on your journey as to what led you and Elena and this group of women together to create Awake and Bold. Well, Elena and I actually met before Awaken Bold at a, another group that I started, which was uh, WNC Freedom 2020. And we did things also like to raise awareness. And when uh, the election uh, ended, we met because we thought, well, now now's when the work begins. What do we want to focus on? And so we, we really kind of came to this idea that who are the heroes of this world? Who are the people like like in this world that can really speak up about things that people may not know about that are hard to talk about. And that's when we, we decided that we were going to do um, Awaken Bolt. And we're social justice, but our focus is on child trafficking. And we just said, like, you know, if we can't protect our kids, the rest of it is, is meaningless. Elena, I'd love to hear your side and and what brought your passion into this um yeah so pretty much what harris said the conversation was was about social justice and we realized both her and i that we're very driven to issues of social justice and then when trafficking kept coming up that's when we decided to highlight that i have a, a background in it so i had been involved off and on for years um, in fighting this in, in different ways and with different organizations. And so it really boiled down to if we can't protect our kids, then what are we doing? Like they're the most vulnerable. Because um, you have other, other issues in the world, but most of these issues, you have people that can speak up. They speak up for themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
children don't and they can't, they can't stick up for themselves. And so we realized that um, this is a very important issue. And so that's how we, we started kind of really pushing um, the whole issue of trafficking. Um, and of course, I'm a mom as well. So, so that's definitely something I think about a lot is my kids and the world they're growing up in and how I can protect them and, and things like that. As you've moved forward with Wake and Bold, how have you worked to get this platform out and raise awareness to what you are doing? I think uh, what happens is we live in Asheville, Hendersonville, this area, a hot area of like for people that are passionate about social justice and, and things like that. And as soon as Elena and I kind of started talking about what we were doing, people were like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. You know, there was a, a groundswell, if you will, of people that just wanted to be part of what we're doing and brought areas to us that they could handle or bring uh, awareness to that made our our whole platform expand. Yeah, and I think the, the mindset with it is, because, you know, it's, with human trafficking, it's, it's a very overwhelming thing when you first hear about it. And we always were like, you know, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And that was the driving force. Like, okay, maybe we can't do X, Y, and Z, but what's in our hand? Like, what can we do in our hand? And so we realized we can, we can talk about it. We can raise awareness. We can start networking people because Awaken Bold, a nonprofit per se, we're a foundation. We realized this gives us more freedom to network people because we don't ha- we don't have a, an agenda. We're not trying to raise money for our nonprofit. We want to gather with people who are already doing something and just align with them and network them and say, how can we shift the conversation from the separatist, my organization and yours, and we don't really interact, to be like, what can we do to say, hey, we actually need all of us if we're going to make a dent in this issue. There's Mm -hmm. some of a large pie. You know, you have to have advocacy. You have to have awareness. You have to have people rescuing kids. You have to have homes. Like, there's so many things. And so that was the mission, and it became clearer and clearer as we want to be those middle people to connect people who maybe otherwise wouldn't connect forces that they both need. And so that's kind of how it started expanding because it was just a different way. It wasn't like, hey, we have a nonprofit, help us. It was like, hey, we want to connect you. Hey, we want to, we know someone that's going to want to collaborate with what you're doing. We have a resource. We have this, we have that. How can we get as many people in the same room as possible so we can really, really do something um, with this issue? I applaud that. And it is part of what Word of Mom Radio is all about. We're constantly trying to encourage and empower women to work together because as you join forces with other women, with other organizations, you can get out there as a solo and get out there and sing your song. But when you bring everybody together, the harmony and everything, and that's how you start to really reach and make a difference. And so I applaud that Awaken Bold is doing that, doing that in your community and hopefully in this community of the world, because this is not a problem that is just hitting the Carolinas. This is a global problem that people need to be aware of. You know, we talk about stranger danger. I mean, it's a term that we have heard and heard and heard and heard, but how do you define a stranger now in the climate that we live in? I want to bring Linda in. 
and have you talk a little bit about this because let's face it, that stranger can be in your own family. It doesn't have to be a stranger that nobody's met. It could be the stranger you're sitting next to at work and you really don't know who that person is. So like I said, Linda, come in and, and share with us your insight on this. Yes. You know, I know back in the 70s and 80s, Stranger Danger actually started back in the 60s, but it wasn't until the 70s and 80s, it was really big. And so when you ask a group of people, especially older, you know, have you heard of Stranger Danger? Everyone's, yes. Have you talked to your kids? Yes. But then somewhere during the course of the 90s, early 2000s, they were trying to change it because this is when the internet came into play. And I know that they've been trying to change the term stranger danger to tricky people, but that doesn't stick. When you hear it, do you know what tricky people means? No. Do you know what stranger danger is? Yes. And if I had the power to change the definition to relate to these times, what stranger danger is, I would do it, but I don't have that power. But the thing that is powerful about this saying is, one, especially when you're talking to young kids about it, the reason why that term is powerful, we all remember it. And when you're talking with kids in that concept, one, it does rhyme, stranger danger. And then anything that comes after that, they remember. And of course, you talk to them at their age and their level and understanding. And as things progress with them, you know, when they become teenagers, it goes into the whole internet when they're online. There, there's different things to say, but stranger danger is just something that repeats and not only sticks in their mind, but they talk with each other about it. I know growing up, when we as young kids heard stranger danger from our family, and then also at an assembly at the school when they came in to talk about it. They didn't go into exact details of what was happening recently to other kids in our neighborhood. I grew up in Westchester County, and there was a serial rapist going around. And, and he was taking young kids under the age of 12 years old. But when we had that conversation with Stranger Danger, even as friends, he was like, don't talk to strangers, whatever the narrative was, we all talked with each other about it. And I don't think, you know, you can have the conversation with the kids, but it's something in that impact, they will also talk with each other. And again, just like Hannah and Elena were saying, it is an uncomfortable conversation to have. And Stranger Danger starts that conversation talking about trafficking, and it opens up that conversation. It puts people at ease. Because when you just say, and I know in my life experience, when you want to talk about the kidnapping, the rage, the trafficking about these children, a lot of people, it hits them and impacts them in a way. They look like a deer in headlights because it's just so uncomfortable and, and it shuts them down. But when you start a conversation with, let's talk about stranger danger and what's going on and who the stranger is today, people are at ease and you can go into how the new face of the, of the stranger is how our kids are connecting, there's something to say about numbers. And I want to go into numbers quick. Like, for instance, last year, 800,000 kids went missing. And this is in the United States alone. And when you average that out, you know, in an hour, it's like 90 kids an hour are going missing. You know, that means those numbers are making those odds higher that one day you're going to hear that someone you know or someone in your community has gone missing. 
we need to bring this awareness around and talk because the strangers now are getting to these kids. So with the kids now, with the numbers, they're all about how many people am I connecting with? They don't know who they're connecting with. You know, like my son, I'm like, you know 2,000 people? <laughs> no, and I'm like, let's go through. And then it's like, you know, there's somewhere it's like you go through. And I'm like, let me go through. Mom, this is my privacy. It's like, no, let's go through because I got to show you something. He'll mm-hmm. have the same name of his friend with the same image, but there's four different profiles that they connect. And I'm like, someone, and you're interacting with them. And when you go in and dive deeper, they're different email addresses. Oh, that's not them yet, but you're talking with them and telling them where you are. You're building these relationships. And like, so a lot of these strangers now, these kids are connecting. And you know what? It, it is the time of the world, and they want to feel accepted. You know, they want to be involved. But the hardship of this is they are actually going through these profiles and identifying these kids that are posting. They may be having issues. Teenagers have issues. They're going through so many emotions, and they're looking to identify them, connect with them as a friend. They're going to say to them anything they want to hear. And then, oh, let's meet, let's this. And then the next thing you know, they're either being groomed into going and doing that. Oh, you, you don't know how to make money. You're in this situation. I can bring you into this. They go missing where they're groomed into these situations, and they're stuck, and they don't know how to get out. But the bottom line is, they're not their friend. They are a stranger. And this is something that we need to get that message out. They have to have that awareness. And there's a lot of key terms to trigger out when you talk to your kids about if you think these are your friends, there's directions they are going to guide you into. And you have to be aware of how they're trying to groom you before you realize you're in too late and you're gone. You know, so that's, that's something that, I think from back then until now, that stranger danger talk has stopped and they're trying to make it something else. And I just think it is so relevant because it does open that conversation to start talking about everything else that comes afterwards. I want you to think about what Linda just said here. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to say thank you to our sponsors and we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll 
stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back on Word of Mom Radio. We are having an incredibly important conversation about child trafficking, what we need to do and be aware of as parents, as caregivers, as aunts and uncles and grandparents of what we can do to protect our children. So, Elena, I want to bring you in. I want to talk about pornography. I want to talk about how this is affecting our kids, the trafficking, what we need to be looking out for, and why this is a subject that, again, as Linda said, people kind of, they want to bury their head in the sand and they can't. Mm-hmm. I think the, the deeper question to ask is um, when it comes to trafficking or it comes to these issues, what's the driving force behind it? Right. And so for me, I was involved about, I think it's been 14 years ago now, I was involved with an incredible organization that um, rescued kids and then they go and then fight it in in a legal standpoint. But my role in this organization was that to answer that very question. Why is this happening? Why are grown men flying to, at the time it was people flying to Thailand and countries like that, but what is causing these men to fly over halfway across the world to have sex with young kids? And as I started researching this, my research led me to the porn industry. So what happens in a person when they watch porn, um, as you know, it be, it, your, your brain starts changing. You have different neuropathways. And so when you consume it heavily, then it, it becomes this monster that you can't satisfy. It's very similar to addiction, to drug addiction, to to um, things like that, what the way that your brain responds to it. It's like you, you can never have enough. And so then what happens, I mean, no man sets out to go and find sex with an eight-year-old. That's not normal. That is not how people are designed. But what happens is the more you feed this monster, then your regular porn, it's not going to do it for you. And then it's, it's just going deeper and deeper. And before you know it, you're looking at, you know, child porn. And then what happens is you want to actually do that. And so that's why you have these men, and not just men, it's women involved in this too, but you have people buying sex from young kids. I mean, as young as six months old. Because what happens in the human mind is your, your brain is changing. And so you no longer see that child as a child. You see that as an object of my pleasure. And so you navigate life that way. So when it comes to trafficking or anything in this arena, it's the driving force is the porn industry. So we often hear people addressing trafficking and they're talking about, we need to do all the stuff for trafficking, but nobody wants to address what's fueling the trafficking. So for every child that you save, there's another trafficker being birthed because he's need deep need deep in porn and also like what happens with that is you it's you're not gonna it's not gonna stop and until we go to the bigger issue until we as as parents maybe shift the way we look at it because our our culture our society has normalized it it's very normal 
for most people to look at porn to make that a part of their lives. Um, but what we, we don't realize is if you look at it further, for many people, just like like prescription, you know, you have a whole massive group of people that are in a problem that they can't get out of and we're not addressing it. So so that's the big thing with porn. It's fueling the trafficking industry. There's a supply demand issue happening with it. So, I mean, and I'll just say, um, just as parents, like we need to have conversations with our kids about sex and about porn because the ages are getting younger and younger. People are being exposed earlier. So if you're exposed to it at seven and you don't understand what you're really doing, that thing is gonna have a handle and a control over you that you you know you don't know where that's gonna lead a, a child in their, you know, as they get older. So I think it's really important to shift the conversation about it. Is just as moms, as, as as people, we need to shift the conversation of how we talk about it. I mean, you know, there's certain things that you have to look at as normal, and then there are certain things that there's something else at play, and though that we have to catch it, you know, early earlier, and and start addressing it earlier, and shifting the conversation around this entire issue. Tara, I know you want to interject, so yeah. I mean, like to Elena's point, like let's like really look at the world that we live in, right? We live in a world where your daytime, nighttime television is promoting like this kind of lifestyle. You know, you have the twerking and the, and you have like I remember watching some, you know, um, series that was like really like the Ally McBeal or whatever that was, and the secretary there was like. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave or Vanessa Williams, whomever. Anyway, I'm just reading something and her assistant comes in and, and she closes her computer. She goes, are you watching porn? And she goes, oh, no, but everybody does it. So they kind of like normalize the fact that that's part of the way it is. And, you know, everybody does it. And then you see, like, if you look at the world and you look at the way people, young kids are presenting themselves, oh my God the role models and the, the things that are teaching and, and driving this whole thing are like, show it all. You know what I mean? You're not good enough. Let me, let me groom you into being good enough. And like Bonnie has a story about that because that really happened for Bonnie as well. And it's really the world that we live in. And it's so important to realize that this is pornography is fueled by everything that we see and we do, the clothes that we wear and just the way we're supposed to be kind of be accepted. You know, women are not accepted for their brains or accepted for their looks. And if you don't fit that mold or you don't do whatever, then, you know, that's why you have all these young children having uh, cosmetic surgeries. You know, 11, 12-year-old kids having breast implants. Can I add also on that? I think, I think as parents, as moms, especially if, and you don't even have to be a mom, but if you see, you know, young girls in your community, I think they have to stop sexualizing them so young. You know, who are shaming their young daughters for not having boyfriends at 11 and 12. And, and, you know, there's, there's a, like, if you don't have a boyfriend, there's shame around that as if it's not normal. Like I know growing up, that was the thing is like, you have a boyfriend at a certain age, you have to be sexually appealing. 
And I think we're sexualizing kids way too young. And like, I think we have to be on the conservative end of that because they're going to have their time. But if it's too early, if we as moms, everything starts at the home. It always starts at the home. It's how you are teaching your children and especially your daughters to perceive themselves. And so, you know, like I can only speak for myself, but with my girls, like I, I am, I'm like, no, you're not wearing that. That's not appropriate for your age. No, we're not going to dance like that because that's not appropriate for your age. You know, um, no, we, I, I think this looks better. No, you don't, you know, they love playing with makeup and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, you can, you can play with that, but you're pretty without it. You know, it's just these messages that we're giving our daughters and our girls. Um, and if we, if we don't pull the reins, it's going to get younger and younger. And you've got, you know, a different agenda at play um, and we have to counteract that you know, first in the home and then encouraging the girls like in our, in our lives to be like, oh no, you don't, you don't need that, you know, and, and, and questioning and asking them questions so they can start thinking in a different way, not just, oh, society says this, so I'm going to do it, but being like, why am I doing this? Why am I dressing this way? Why do I feel like I have to have this? So that way your, your girls that are growing up can can shift and look at things in a little bit of a different way. Bonnie, I wanted to talk to you because we have a town hall coming up, and I wanted you to share about this as we are starting to wrap up this incredibly important conversation. I want people to know about this. Thank you so much. Yes, this town hall is going to be amazing on April 30th. And what the town halls do is we have different speakers that bring awareness to what trafficking, what the hand signals are. And the hand signals are so important because if the kids know the hand signals and they're in a dangerous situation that they can use the hand signals. And if people in the community know what the hand signals mean, then they can report um, anything that they see that looks suspicious when a kid's using the hand signals. And there is a kid in Asheville that got saved over the past few months because she was using the hand signals. Somebody saw that, reported it, and they ended up catching them. The thing about the town halls is so important is the awareness. And I'll tell you, when I went to my first town hall before I was really involved with Awake and Bold and was listening to the speakers, I realized that from the age of 11, I was being groomed from the age of 11 to the age of 28. And it was a miracle that I didn't get trafficked myself because I had a stalker who was, you know, sexualizing me, telling me what I was wearing, all the things that he was going to do to me. He was calling me on the phone. He was scaring the heck out of me. I couldn't tell my parents because I knew that if I did, I'd probably be grounded forever in the house. And so, you know, I dealt with it. I even called the police at one point and asked them if they would trace my phone. But because I was underage and I didn't know who the actual person was that I could point out and say, oh, this is the person, here's where you go from, they wouldn't do anything about it at the time. So this you know, so I actually had that realization at the town hall meeting, which was huge. And that's the reason that I became involved in all of this. 
And so I think that the more that we expose this and the more that people know about what's going on in the community and what they can do, if there is a circumstance that they think is happening that could be a potential, you know, kid being trafficked, to me, that's like the best thing that we can do as community people, as people, you know, as women, as mothers, as others, is, you know, to help with this and get the word out there. As we're wrapping up, what do you want to say, Sheila? I mean, the story about uh, the universities, I think the universities have to be responsible, too, for children when their parents send them off to universities. They expect for these people to take care of their children. And with all of the trafficking going on, that is also uh, an area of vulnerability where these children are not being taken care of. But I want to say something about what Linda had brought up before. We're Americans. I don't know. I'll speak for myself. I grew up in America. I grew up on Long Island. I thought everybody was good. I had no idea that there were bad people. I mean, I really didn't. I mean, I'm ignorant. I was ignorant then, and I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know when we saw the milk cartons with missing kids on it. It never even crossed my mind that, that things were going on with children that I needed to know about. But, like, we know now. We really know, and it's really important that the awareness for people is the world isn't what you thought it was, and that's really important now to take your position in learning and being open. Like, you don't have to buy what we're talking about, but the thing is is to know that there are, the world that you kind of thought was going on, it's, it's, it's completely different. And to research and to learn and to listen to a show like Dory's show, because there's information coming that's like, oh, I didn't know that. This is the time to know because it's about our children. And, and there are some things that are so out of touch with what we've been brought up to think of as like good people. You know, we never think things like that. We would never assume that things like this would happen, but they're happening and they're not happening over there. They're happening right here in Hendersonville, in Asheville. North Carolina is number um, six, nine in the country. Come on. I mean, we could go on a show all about that. It's it's happening everywhere, and it's really important for you to investigate and realize there's information out there that you can kind of grab onto and, and find your way with all this. Trafficking is a hard concept and a hard word to really swallow. Stranger danger is um, something I think people can really wrap their heads around. So that's our initiative for our town hall. And can I add on the note of stranger danger, like, I think this is a time where we're redefining that because it could be, you know, somebody you know, a lot of family members traffic their kids. It's a sad reality, but it's a true reality. So I think as we navigate that whole piece, it's recognizing maybe the stranger is not the guy that's like, come here, pet my dog, or here, let me get you ice cream. But the stranger could be somebody you know and trust, and a lot. And it can, it's often, you know, on social media, online, there's gaming, like, you know, Roblox and other games out there for parents to be aware that the stranger could be posing as an eight-year-old kid from their class. So there's a lot of different ways that now traffickers are trafficking kids, and they can, through an app, figure out where you live. So it's just being mindful. Because of technology, we have to be more careful in some ways, but just 
understanding that the stranger now is different. It's not just a random person. You know, Linda and I have known each other. Our kids grew up together. 30 years ago, my kids had a password. And I told them, I was like, I don't care if it's your uncles. If I didn't give them the password, I did not send them to pick you up. I taught them from the time they were so little that no adult is going to come ask you to help them find their dog or their child ran away or anything else. No adult is going to ask a child for help. They're going to reach another adult. So you do not go with them. You do not walk with them. You know, way, way back, my daughter was three years old, went in for her checkup. The doctor went to lift her panties, and my daughter slapped her hand on and was like, that is my private part of my body, and you have no permission to put your hands there. And the <laughs> doctor was like, you're right, but I'm the doctor. Your mommy's here. The nurse is here. And afterwards, she's like, go sit with daddy. I want to talk to mommy. And she was like, wow, congratulations. I've never heard a child that young. And I said, you know what? My She's in art class now. She's, you know, not with me all the time. But it's sad to me that I had to teach my three-year-old that. Flip side, first time somebody went to do that, her hands went right there. She knew like that because as parents, we are the gateway to everything they're going to learn. And it's important not only to teach our kids the hand signals, we need to be aware of them. If a kid is doing a hand signal and we don't know what they are, we can't help them. I just have to say one more thing about, especially with this password, and this was back in the 90s when our kids, and Dory and I, I know a kid, I babysit, Dory would go to Chicago, I would sleep there, put them on the bus, and then there was one day, there was one day, Dory's like, I can't go get my kids from school, go pick them up. I went to pick them up, and I mean, she even called the school, but her daughter, Courtney, I knew the password, but I was pronouncing it wrong. She goes, Linda, I can't go with you. That's not the password. And this is before cell phones. We had pagers. And I remember going into the school's office and paging Dory from the school. And she called out the school because she knew the number. And I'm like, Courtney won't go with me because I'm saying the password. And that comes into, even with family members, I mean, when you have that, I mean, and, and, and that's a wonderful thing about what we did is you never know what family member that might be that stranger to go. And if they don't have the right password and if it changed, it, it, it was just a great thing that even her daughter like called me out saying, I can't go with you. You're not saying it right. That's not it. <laughs> and so there's, there's a lot of tools that really can use that I wish I would love to see people using. And especially when it comes into like picking up from school, even especially with your family members, even if it's a grandparent, if someone's in, you got to know. And if you use that password once, maybe change it again, you know, but, but again, there's a lot of tools and a lot of awareness, and, and I love what Awaken Bold is doing, and I'm glad to be part of this and helping to get this information out. And thank you, Doris, for getting this out to all the moms. Oh, my pleasure. So as we're wrapping this up, Tara, let everybody know how they can reach out to you, how they can connect to Awaken Bold, and how they can learn these signals. Well, we have our website, uh, awakenbold.org, and we have uh, Open Your Eyes nc.org and those are that has a lot of different information on it the hand signals are on there we have a video on there and uh, we have our town hall so come to our town hall we're gonna you can come maybe we can share it on um on like stream it live from facebook so people from all over can kind of join in and and see it 
live, that would be a good thing for them to see. These are the hand signals like that. I will be at the town hall. I'm coming down with Linda. So I am happy to film it and stream it live. Wonderful. Great platform. Are you kidding? I'd be more than happy. I think this is so incredibly important. And again, you know, we are our children's, we're their safeguards. We are their first line of defense our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews. And you know what? It's everybody's child. They're all ours. And especially as women, birth does not a mother make. We have that within us, that caring for everyone's child. And if we lose one, we lose all. So we have to be aware. In today's day and age, where little kids are getting cell phones, I've talked about this before, there should be special cell phones Back for children that are just literally their phone and their text for mommy and daddy, and that's it. You know, instead of these handheld computers that we can't even be aware of all of the stuff going on. We constantly raise awareness for no such thing as a bully and changing the languaging of bullying. But most importantly, the suicide rates that happen because of this. It's the same thing with trafficking. These rates are just going through the roof. And as parents, as, as the protectors out there, we have to be aware. So I thank you for coming on the show, for sharing your commitment to making a difference in the lives of kids you will never know because they're all our children. This is our global community, and we have to be part of it. So, again, ladies, thank you for the work that you are doing We'll be sharing this show. We'll be promoting it out. And if we can set up that live stream April 30th, believe me, we will let you know. So reach out. And I really encourage you to reach out and become part of everything that is going on. To all of you tuning in, please share out this show. If you never shared out another show, share this link. It's so important to get this out. So, again, thank you all for being here. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. This is Dory DiCarlo. Go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She